Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world six feet apart. Six feet apart. Booyah. Ladies and gentlemen. Booyah. Beautiful. Be responsible. Correct. And then you can be, once we're done with that, you can be as irresponsible as you want. Yeah, then just fucking get up on each other. Yeah. And be like, yeah. Remember when we couldn't do this? Yeah, now we're negative six feet apart. What does that mean? Hmm, I'm how, inside you. Like, that's how what far, that means. Yeah, how far <laughs> inside of you am I? Oh, my God. Oh, that's terrifying. Oh, yeah, it's a little scary. Don't get that close to people. Yeah, don't do that. It's, it's naughty. Yeah. Get naughty. All right. social distancing mm-hmm. in the before times in the way before times but not too far before but before enough okay i don't know where we're you at know now. those times i'm sure you can barely remember them but it was not uncommon to drive with a cabal of one's friends <laughs> you know with the sole purpose i mean it's fair to call it a cabal. I want I'm going to start calling my group of friends a cabal. Well, once you guys can hang out again together, you will assemble this cabal of friends, yeah. and you'll do a lot of cool things together. Mm-hmm. Like driving around, you know? Hoping to have a good time. Like I kind of mentioned previously, it kind of seems like forever ago. I mean, most people I see now are people who should probably be at home watching Netflix and Skyping their grandmother. Talking about you or me? If they can help it. Anyone, really. Yeah, okay. But I mean, anyone should be home as much as they can. Yes. All right. But you and I are here. We are. Six feet apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to ask you to pretend. On it. Okay. Pretend that you are a teenager. Mm-hmm. Again, you've got that cabal, cabal, cabal of friends going on. Right. And so, and uh, pretend, hypothesize, you and your friends are in the year. Well, I mean, I'll let you take a crack at this one. What year do you think we're jumping to? Go ahead. What year? I'm asking you for... 72. 1977. Oh. But actually, now Star that... Star Wars is coming out that's soon. That's true. But actually, now that you mention it, let's describe a brief encounter that took place in the most eternal year of monsters. Mm-hmm. 1972. And when I say brief... I do mean brief. Okay. Mark Senat, a teenager at the time, had said, quote, We saw a small figure deep in the woods moving at the edge of the pond. We could see it moving in the headlights. We didn't know. 
That's the end of his quote. But he claimed that what they saw in their headlights had glowing eyes. So they had no idea what they saw. There was something moving in the woods. Okay. But he claims its eyes glowed. Glue? It's glowed. It's glow. Glowed. Glowed. <laughs> his eyes glowed. What is it? It's got to be glowed. <laughs> it's got to be glowed. Yeah, it can't be glued. His, his eyes <laughs> glue in the headlights. Yeah. What? But glue would make sense. Not, no, it wouldn't. Yeah, well, it's glue, like no. like a like no. through throw, glow. No, grew. it's different. Throw through, yeah. glue. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> wow. My point exactly. English is a weird thing. Ah, uh, it sucks. But so yeah, the headlights made the eyes light up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I mean, animal. Maybe. Hmm. Probably. Yeah. Most likely, I mean, their eyes do reflect in headlights. There's nothing supernatural about that. Did Mark see anything of value that night? Who knows? I don't. But what I'm about to tell you... He's not in my cabal. No, he's not. He's not one of your guys. But what I'm about to tell you is why Mark bothered to come forward with his sparse little tale at all. And again, remember, 1977. Mm-hmm. The evening of April uh, 21st, the evening of April 21st, an ensemble of teenagers, three to be precise, William or Bill Bartlett, good old Bill Bartlett, Bill Bartlett, Mike Mazoka, Billy Bartlett and Mike Mazoka. Yes, they sound like characters. Um, that escaped the brain of Stan Lee and Marvel Comics. Yeah. Peter Parker, Bill Bartlett, Mike Mazoka, and their friend Andy Brody. He just got two first names. He's one of those guys. Okay. <laughs> Andy Brody. Yeah. We're all riding with Bill as he drove his Volkswagen near Farm Street at about 10.30 p.m. It's in a town, but we'll talk about that town a little bit later. I'll let Bill's own words tell the rest. It was not a dog or a cat. It had no tail. It had an egg-shaped head. It looked like a baby's body with long arms and legs. It had a big head, about the same size as the body. It was sort of melon-shaped. The color of it was well, the color of people in the Sunday comics. <laughs> I really flew after I saw it. I took that corner at 45, which is pretty fast. I said to my friends, did you see that? And they said, nah, describe it. I did. And they said, go back, go back. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and I said, no way, no way. When you see something like that, you don't want to stand around and see what it's going to do. Correct. <laughs> Usually a Bill's thinking with his brain. As the man who actually saw the thing, he's like, ah, you guys don't want it. We don't want to do yeah, it. No, I know you're curious, idea, guys. but that's not what we want to do. Yeah. They finally got me to go back because, of course, Bill, peer pressure, is a teenager that's going to win out. And Mike was leaning out the window yelling, come on, creature. And I was saying, will you? <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I was saying, will you cut that out? Andy was yelling, I want to see you. <laughs> Jeez. Come on, creature. I want to see you. Just screaming out the window. Uh-huh. I mean, there was they weren't saying they were drunk or anything, but I mean, I would yell that sober maybe. Yeah. Imagine, come on, creature. <laughs> I want to see you. Uh-huh. Now, more about its physical appearance from Bartlett stated. It had, quote, glowing 
Oh, its eyes. It had eyes glowing brightly like orange marbles, and it had with tendril-like fingers. It was apparently hairless and had rough, sandpaper-like skin. And now, after noticing the stress condition of his son, Bartlett's dad got him to relent and describe what had happened to him that night once he got home. Bartlett even made a sketch. Okay. On his drawing, he wrote, quote, I, Bill Bartlett, swear on a stack of Bibles that I saw this creature. Did he actually swear on a stack of Bibles? I don't know. He claims he did. So hopefully, he, hopefully, you don't want to lie about swearing on a stack of Bibles. No, you don't. But Somebody, where do you get a stack of Bibles? I don't uh, know. I don't know. Bible store? The Bible store. Or Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have 12 Bibles? For five bucks? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, if he lied, somebody might have to bust out the breaking wheel, and we don't want that to happen. No. No, we don't. Did you lie about these Bibles? Are you a Protestant? What? <laughs> All right, now here's another article. Some of this information, this is, well, that, that was me putting, well, that's basically Bill's quotes. But here is um, the summation from another article from uh, Thought Catalog. And some of this information may be redundant, but it also throws, it kind of gives you a, a, another feel of what was going on. But again, some of this may seem redundant, but I feel like some of these facts I may need to repeat anyways. <laughs> this is from Bartlett description he gives to the accounts given to Lauren Coleman okay. because Lauren is all over this mm-hmm. standing more than three and a half to four feet tall the figure is shaped like a you know like I said a baby's body with long arms and legs and had been making its way along the wall its long fingers curling around the rocks just kind of like mm-hmm. you know creepily like you know like that's the sound they make hmm. gross so, yeah it's not great when the car light surprised it. Unfortunately, neither of Bartlett's companions sees the creature, like I established, and the sighting only lasted a few seconds before Bartlett speeds away. Uh, creature leaves, and then Bartlett drops his friends off and goes to a, his Walpole Street home. That's where he talks to his father. Now, asked if it could be any type of animal, Bartlett said he grew up around animals, and this definitely wasn't. He said, it was some kind of creature with long, thin fingers and more human-like in its form than animal, end quote. Its shape reminded him of, quote, kids with distended bellies, he said. I've always tried to guess what it was. I never had any idea. Well, this was no prank, Bartlett said. I wasn't trying to be funny. People who know me know I didn't make this up. The end? No. Let's stick with that very same night, April 21st, 1977. 15-year-old John Baxter was skipping home from his girlfriend's house. Well, nothing I read said he was skipping per se, (laughs) but I'm just picturing a happy 15-year-old boy coming home from his girlfriend's house, Mm -hmm. and skipping just feels right to me. Plus, right, the timestamp on what I'm about to, what is about to transpire and what I'm about to tell you is around midnight. So Mm. he's 15 years old, it's midnight, on a Thursday, and he's heading home from his girlfriend's house on what was very likely a school night, again, because it was Thursday. In he, April. In April. Yeah. He had every right to be skipping while he can because who knows? Maybe his, he knows his parents were about to break his legs. Perhaps with the breaking wheel. I don't know. Who knows? I, yeah. I mean, it's midnight. He's a 15-year-old boy coming home from his lady friend's house. Huh. 
on a school night. I mean, I don't know what he's up to, but let's just say he's pretty pleased with himself. Okay. And then he so he happens to come across one of his friends also late out at night. Night. <laughs> Interesting. Who knows? He yells out, but his friend doesn't yell back. Was this actually one of his friends? Was he mistaken? Hmm. Suddenly, the being rushed into the woods. One article I found said, quote, Thinking that it was a disabled neighbor, John followed. Quote. Oh. They didn't say what kind of disabled, so I'm just going to let that sit there for you to think about. Assuming one that can run. Probably. Right. Um, yes, he could, he could function. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if he came across to being in a wheelchair and it just took off into the woods, I'd be like, "He's fine. He, he could do. He, this is he is not disabled. He can take care of himself. Yeah, he is fine. Not that you can't take care of yourself if you're disabled, but clearly the uh, wheels and the sticks would not have been a problem. He mm-hmm. would have been fine. Correct. So he eventually stood. He, as in, um, what was his fucking John was his first name. John eventually stood on the bank opposite the entity, because now we've established it's not his friend, it's an entity, uh-huh. about 30 feet away, quote, first the creature reminded him of a monkey with feet that wrapped around the top of a rock, but what threw him off was its head that was the shape of a figure eight and the large green eyes that was on its face. He claimed he had never mm. seen anything like it before. No, I can't imagine you would. No, nothing. Mm-mm. I've never seen anything with a figure eight face before. No, and like... Yeah, not, I, nope, never have. Now, realizing it was not a human being, oh, this is part of, the, I kept this in there because I like this sentence. Realizing it isn't a human and that it could cause him harm, he quickly took off. End quote from that article. Huh. All right, so. Good idea. Like before I read you something that was a little bit um, more redundant, it extrapolated on my summation. This is this quote from this one article I found, um, well, passage gives you a little more details um, just to help paint the picture here around midnight again like I said before 15 year old John Baxter leaves his girlfriend Kathy Cronin again one of these fake names these alliteration names are just all over the place here <laughs> Kathy uh-huh. Cronin house at the south end of Miller High Road then Baxter starts walking up the street on his way home half an hour later after he has walked about a mile he observes someone approaching him because the figure is short Baxter assumes it's his. It's an acquaintance of his, M.G. Bouchard, who lives in the street. Sounds foreign for the rest of oh, this town. Right, yeah. Mm. John calls out, yeah, it's, it should be like B.B. Bouchard. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. All right. Anyways, John calls out in no response. Baxter and the figure continue to approach each other until finally the latter stops. Baxter then halts as well and asks, who is that? The sky is dark and overcast, and he can only see a shadowy form. Trying to get a better look, Baxter takes one step forward, and the figure scurries off to the left, running down a shallow wooded gully and up the opposite bank. As the figure runs, Baxter hears its footsteps on the dry leaves. He follows the figure down the slope, then stops and looks across the gully. There he sees the creature standing in silhouette about 30 feet away. Its feet molded around the top of a rock, Several feet from a tree. So we've established whatever this thing is. It's got long, wrappable fingers. Mm-hmm. Real nice, not creepy at all fingers. Likes to perch. It likes to perch, absolutely. The creature's body reminds Baxter of a monkey's, except for its dark, quote, figure eight-shaped head. Its eyes, two lighter spots in the middle of the head, are looking straight at Baxter, who after a few minutes begins to feel uneasy. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, go ahead. I would have yeah. felt uneasy probably before a few minutes. Right. And then would you chase it into the woods and approach a gully where you're just alone from civilization and just have a stare down with it? I don't think so. Does that sound fun to you? Not really. I mean, you really don't know what this thing is. Yeah. And even though it's only like four feet tall, that could if it's a monkey, it will fuck you up anyways. Mm-hmm. So... So realizing he has never seen such a creature before and fearing what it might do next, he backs up carefully to the slope. His heart pounding, he then walks very fast down the road to the intersection at Farm Street. Again, Farm Street. There a couple passing in a car pick him up and drive him home. I would love to be a fly in that conversation. Yeah. It's like, hey. What are you doing out hey, here? what are you doing here? It's a thing. It's a kind of figure eight head. It's fingers. He's just making the gesture I was making just like this. It's fingers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? And then they, oh, and then they kick him out a block later. No, they don't do that. But, <laughs> all right, get out of here. Yeah, all right, crazy. John Baxter would also make a drawing of what he saw. Okay. Now, on the evening of April 22nd, the following day, 18-year-old William Tainter was... William Tainter. 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 Okay. This is his name. Was driving in a car with 15-year-old Abby Babham. Abby Babham. When Abby noticed something on all fours, mounted on top of a culvert overlooking Trout Brook near Springdale Avenue, which is two and a half miles from Farm Road, the being was, again, on all fours, staring straight at them. Abby, unaware of what the other teenagers had seen, you know, Baxter and the, yeah. you know, wanted, wanted to stare it down too. Yeah. Well, she described the creature exactly the same. Um, But it was different from Bartlett's story because she described the eyes as being green, like the previous passage I just read. So the eye color seems to vary a little bit between these three sightings. Mr. Tainter did not get as good of a look at the creature as Abby but claims he saw something crouching in the road. Huh. So what the hell is this thing? I don't know. Just muse about whatever. No idea. Yeah, a figure eight head. Uh-huh. Figure eight head also shaped like a melon, so I mean there's that to go in there. So it's like an hourglass type face. Yeah. I have no idea. Like what could be mixed up with that? There's nothing else that has a face that's shaped like that. No. And I mean, like the figure eight, is it like how, like, is it just like pushed in on the sides? Yeah. But everybody else, like uh, Bartlett describes as being like more of a melon type shape, which like, you can see kind of bowls out of the top. I wouldn't exactly describe that as a figure eight, but somebody with a neck, someone might consider it that, if that's mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. Well, some people have speculated that it is a Manahishi of Cree Indian lore. Okay. Now... I'm going to read you a little Wikipedia paragraph about what a Manahishi is. They're described as semi-humanoid, being sexdactylous humans. Sorry. <laughs> uh, six fingers. Oh, okay. Right. I went straight to like, what kind of pterodactyl is this? Yeah. Uh, sexdactylous? <laughs> <laughs> well, that doesn't sound good. Oh, my God. Why was that not? A Donald Buck name. <laughs> Sextactyl? Holy fuck. Well, well, so make it happen. That's not, yeah, it's, that's very true. Everybody's going to want to come out and see Sextactyl. <laughs> Who you seen tonight? Sextactyl? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And if it's not a band name, it's one hell of a song. I'll tell you that for fucking sure. It's definitely an album. That's a that's an album <laughs> song, right? That's a uh-huh. that's a that's a yeah featured song right there. But anyways, sex dactylous humans with very thin and lanky arms and legs and big heads minus a nose. According to one Cree legend, there are two humanoid races. One being the familiar human species and the other being the little people, i.e. the Managishi. We come across a lot of these legends kind of where there's always like a separate, but I mean, that's like a, almost like a gnome type thing, almost like a dwarf mm-hmm. troll, right? kobold, you know, yep. one of these kind of things. These people are said to live between rocks in the rapids. Oh, it's a water kobold maybe. Hmm. One of their biggest delights, a completely non-heroic form of trickster behavior, is to crawl out of the rocks and capsize the canoes of people canoeing through the rapids, spinning them to their death. That's not heroic at all. No, very not. Very not. Um, and then from nativelanguages.org, the, they're also the uh, Managishi, because these things have many names, of course, between tribes and just different legends. Right. Do you remember we talked about the Mamaguisi? Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah, Mamaguisi? Yeah. Yeah are small riverbank-dwelling water spirits. They are generally benign creatures, but sometimes blow canoes astray or steal things when they are not shown proper respect. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Doesn't sound like a certain Nain Rouge, does it? Hmm. And also, um, there's another man we talked about that connects to this. I'm getting there. And then in some Ojibwe traditions, Memaguisi can only be seen by children and medicine people. In others, they can appear to anyone and may help humans who give them tobacco and other gifts. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Very familiar. Yeah. Most often, Memaguisi are described as being childlike size and hairy with a large head and a strange voice that sounds like the whine of a dragonfly. The Cree and Inu describe them as having narrow faces, and some Menominee storytellers have said that they have no noses. It is sometimes said that the Memaguisi originally created from the bark of trees. The legend of the Memaguise has also been connected to the Toronto Cabbage Town Tunnel Monster, a creature we talked about mm-hmm. during our slew of Lizardman episodes. Mm-hmm. Now, terrestrial and non-lizard people explanations range, range from a uh, fox to a baby moose. It's some kind of, like, maybe a deer. The four legs crouched over, long and gangly. Kind of a weird head. But people who are experts on these things claim that none of these ideas make much sense considering the time and place of the sightings. Lauren Coleman had conducted an investigation into the sighting around the time of the incident and he is the man who gave this creature its name. Okay. Do you know what this thing is referred as? No. Well, it, it uh, this I left out the name of the town until this point because it takes place in Dover, Massachusetts and we are talking about mm. The Dover Demon. Mm-hmm. Okay. A name he coined in the, the uh, mention. It was featured in his 2001 edition of his book, Mysterious America, a, a book I probably should own. Yep. Well, he said about the demon being a moose, quote, to have a bipedal moose with long fingers and orange skin and no hair and no nose would be more of a phenomenon than the Dover Demon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be inclined to agree. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right. An article from a 2006 bostonarchive.com. What? You fucking idiot. Uh, An article from 2006 um, from bostonarchive.com written by Mark Sullivan continues. So what 
did those teens see? And this is Lauren Coleman. It is okay to say we don't know. Quote, I think the Dover Demon's mystery lives on. It's an unknown phenomenon whose fame is stretched worldwide, and I think Dover should be very proud. In Dover, a quiet community dotted with horse farms and one of the richest towns in the state, people are still not quite sure what to make of the story. Quote, the thing has haunted me for 29 years, says Carl Sheridan, a former police chief. I knew the kids involved. They were good kids. Pretty reliable kids. God only knows what they saw, Sheridan said. I still don't know. Strange things have happened. The whole thing was unusual. Now He got calls from all over the world when the case made the news, the former chief said, and he still does from time to time. Huh. The thing will not die, Sheridan said. I'm telling you, the thing will not go away. Now, all these steps seems like we've it's almost like we've talked about this exact same story before in many situations right there's clearly a pattern here mm-hmm. i'm going to keep going okay. in town clerk barry Clove's office wow town clerk for some reason everything was weird and it looked like his name was clerk barry and i was reading like three first names <laughs> so that fucked me up there yeah. uh in town clerk barry Close office at Town Hall. Municipal reports share shelf space with a file of materials related to the Dover Demon case, including a book titled Weird New England and a newspaper clipping headlined Bizarre Four-Foot Creature with Orange Skin and Glowing <laughs> Eyes Stalking a Town. Okay. All right. Well, that, <laughs> that, one's, would, that one's to the point. That would get my attention. Yeah. And I wish I could have found that fucking article on the internet, but I couldn't do that. Hmm. Every once in a while, people will come in and ask about it, said Clo. I have no idea if it's true or untrue. Downtown Dover was decorated recently with pumpkins as children arrived for a Halloween fair, and a steady stream of regulars bought coffee and newspapers at Isabella's. Located in the old Dover Pharmacy, now with an Italian deli counter added to the old soda fountain, the grocery remains a town hub. Behind the counter at Isabella's, Scott Bielski, 17, of Dover, a senior at Dover Sherborne High, said the demon gives his small town a unique claim to fame. Home of the Domer. Wow. Domer. The Domer. See, that's not good. <laughs> Home of the Dover Demon has a nice ring to it, he said with a smile. Mm-hmm. I agree. It does, yeah. That, why isn't that? That's got to be their high school mascot. I would think so. Dover Demons. Yep. And this weird fucking creature comes out during all the basketball games. <laughs> like, oh my God. Actually, they it just looks... employ the, ma- the demon yeah, now. They don't even know it. Yeah, it's like, this is. Yeah, like, wow, it's a good costume, bud. <laughs> <laughs> His fingers just like enraptured like the basketball. He's throwing cheerleaders up and down during the halftime show or whatever the fuck they do at high schools. I don't mm-hmm. care. As far as he knows, the creature had never stopped into the soda fountain. Oh, he's being a funny guy. <laughs> Let us know if he wants anything, he said. A customer who gave his name as Jimmy said he has lived in town for four years, but has yet to see the demon. It was just the, it was just <laughs> the demon with sunglasses on. <laughs> What's your name? Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? No, I haven't seen him. So, <laughs> so then Jimmy, this Jimmy we're talking about, goes on to tell the reporter, maybe I will someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is even better. Okay. he And then Jimmy, our guy, he said, I'm one of those realists. If I don't see it, I don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> As he walks away Ninja Turtle style yeah. with his trench coat and sunglasses. <laughs> yep. He climbs up a rock wall. <laughs> what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Customer Ed 
Tortellate. Tortelli. Customer Ed Tortellot. Either one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I care a lot. Of Dover said, I think it's probably as real as the Easter Bunny, but it's fun. Now, nearly three decades after seeing very stress. Mm-hmm, I can't read. My brain is mush. Nearly three decades after seeing something very strange in Farm Street, Bartlett has decidedly mixed feelings about the experience. It was my 15th... Seems fair. Right? Again, another common theme in all these stories. At first, it's kind of like a thing, and then you're like, all right, guys, it was like 40 years ago. Can we let it go? I've lived the whole life. Yeah. It was my 15 minutes of fame without wanting it, he said. It was a little embarrassing. It still is. He said he hasn't talked much to his two children oh, at all. <laughs> like, huh. Huh. Uh, the comments here were great because that's <laughs> I don't talk much to my children. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, nobody asked, oh, but okay. okay well, thanks. What about this creature we're talking about? Uh, he said he hasn't talked much to his two children, eight and five years old, about the creature. I don't want to scare them. And the professional artist has never drawn another picture of the thing he saw. He went on to become a professional artist. I gotta, oh, find, I gotta huh. find some of these. I don't, I don't have enough memory of it. He said, "I haven't wanted to." I'm a serious fine arts painter. I don't want people to think I'm some freak. <laughs> I mean, man, you need to work this guy into your paintings. Mm-hmm. Just hide him in there somewhere. Just peeking out with his little head, mm-hmm. or like have a paint like your a beautiful barn or something, and have his hand like wrapped around the side. I don't think he'd want to do that. He doesn't want to be some freak. Mm-hmm. I don't. That's why the drawing actually has something to it. Like it's not a bad drawing for what he saw because he was actually an artist. So that yeah. helps. I don't usually tell anybody. I shouldn't be embarrassed. But you see these people on TV and they're made to look like idiots. He said. He's got a point. It's very common. Yeah, it's a very common thing. I really do wish that I had made it up. I might have profited from it. It's a great story. I mean, I think you could have, man. That's what people do with these things. Uh-huh. I wish it was seen again so everybody would know it was true. <clears throat> now, I mean, these cases, there's always a very clear pattern of behavior with everyone involved. So I ask again, and we'll get, this is almost building up to an episode I have to do sometime because we're going to figure out what the hell was going on in the 1970s. I have no idea. Did something crack open a portal between worlds in 1972? Maybe. And for the rest of the decade, monsters were left were running rampant huh. across the world? I don't know. But people were seeing more of them. And this got me kind of thinking. Most of the world is under lockdown right now. Correct. People are not outside. Mm-hmm. So I just want to kind of throw at you, what is out there? Sasquatch is out there living it up. He's, just, he's like, I'm hey. immune. I hope so, Sasquatch. Sure, be careful. I mean, he's pretty good at keeping six feet apart from people. So far. <laughs> he might, you know, he might get a little too comfortable, though. They'll start, they'll start bumping into each other. Yeah. He'll, be the, he'll be Jimmy in a trench coat and sunglasses. <laughs> so what do you think of the global pandemic? I think it's bad. <laughs> Actually, I think I need to go back to where I came from. This was a mistake, you guys. This is not good. Yeah, I'm going back to the woods. 
He's yeah, he's the just, woods. Yeah, what you guys eat bats? I don't know. Not we don't all eat bats, Jimmy. Check out the cave. <laughs> <laughs> don't we don't we don't also all leave bat parts on other animal parts and just buy them. Oh my god, Jimmy's like yeah, going to the woods. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm just wondering as we're all in our homes. Perhaps the Dover demon has returned because he hasn't been seen in like 40 years. But again, we've talked about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So what out? What else is like roaming the streets during this worldwide shutdown? I don't know. But it's something to think about the next time, for some reason, people decide to actually leave their house. Yeah. It's one more reason to stay inside. Mm-hmm. But like the reason to stay inside is r- real and you probably should use that as your main motivating factor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> not, <laughs> there might be a monster. Uh-huh. Well, there is, and it's real tiny, and don't let anybody cough on you, please. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the... Uh, I mean, I wish there was some way to extrapolate. I thought about diving into the entire history of Dover, Massachusetts, and I was like, I don't know if I need to know about that right now. Probably not. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty short, condensed story. I'm sure Lauren blew it up and got into some more details in his book, but right. I'm pretty sure that's like, I mean, that's like the gist of it. In like 1977, they saw this weird creature that doesn't seem like anything we've ever talked about before that I've heard about. No. And... Like I said, a lot of people thought it was like a moose, and if you imagine like a moose being gangly, but that doesn't I mean, make they're with, gangly, but like and I mean they if don't you, have fingers, right? Which is exactly that's, everybody that's said the, the fingers, right? So again, these are people trying to say shit, not the actual people who saw it, because they think they saw something fucking weird, but yeah, or some emaciated man or something. Yeah, but still, I don't know. No, right? I don't know either. But uh, the drawings are pretty cool. People can Google those, look those up. That's what I'm doing right oh, now. Oh, please look at them. Yep. All right. Dover Demon, Bartlett, or whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I actually, I saw this earlier when I was looking at something. Nice. I'm glad you I didn't realize what it was. Came but... across the Dover Demon. See, that was meant to be. Yeah, perfect. But yeah, I wish I could have exploded more about, you know, what he's about. But that's really it. It's just a cool thing to talk about. He's out there. He came. He's gone. And it's another example of the overarching plot thread of the 1970s being the decade of the monsters. Yeah, it sure was. So. No idea why. Me neither. But I think we're going to... If I could pick one long-going story thread for this podcast, it's that one. And eventually, we're going to get some answers. Yeah. We'll get there. We're always getting there. So, yeah. Eventually, we'll get to the bottom of this fucking decade because... I mean, something's going to... Something's got to pop out at us. I mean, Vietnam, social unrest. There's a few other threads I want to talk about. Like, how was... Because certain pop culture things get lost as decades go by. So, like, what was really going on? Yeah. Monster movies. I mean, we're going to get into it. Rock and roll. Rock and fucking roll. But, like, Sabbath and... Yeah. Stuff like that. Right. That's coming. Especially that, yes. We'll see. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, if you if you get any ideas about what makes fucking the nineteen seventies out of control monster time, email us at weirdandfreepodcast at gmail dot com. Contact us on all the social medias, Instagram, the Facebook, the Patreon. Support the show if you enjoy what you are hearing and anchor.fm slash weirdandfreed if you want to leave us a cool voice message. But above all else Stay indoors. Stay indoors. And stay spooky. safe and stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. All right, guys. Bye.